in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've gotta be free the way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn Right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns All the unions always ask for more All we buy is made on foreign shores Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay I've gotta be free The way God made Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Glad to have you along with the ride. And things just continue to get crazier and crazier. But hey, let's start with the good news first. No more worries about global warming and uh, climate change that's caused by mankind because thanks to Hillary Rodham Clinton, we know the cause. So now we can easily address it. It's not going to take carbon credits. It's not going to take some ridiculous drop off in the quality of life. No, all we'll have to do is get rid of all those crazy MAGA Republicans. Uh, yeah. Seriously, Hillary Clinton, who the media now insists on referring to as former Secretary of State, because that was the last official title she held, uh, also known as former Senator for the state of New York, also known as former First Lady, also known as one of the most hated people to have ever resided in the White House, uh, also known as the person you don't cross unless you want to disappear. It's not healthy to know things uh, about the Clintons, uh, particularly Hillary. At any rate, she came out. She went on a Twitter storm 
uh, she has made the determination that this particular summer is way hotter than any other summer we've had because of man-caused climate change, but it's not because the Earth's tilt coupled with the time of the year, you know, the fact that it's summer. No, 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 no. It is, in fact, MAGA Republicans. Make America great Republicans. You guys, because, you know, I'm not one of you guys anymore. You guys are to blame. See, I can't, I can't be known as a that's a MAGA Republican anymore. I'm not going to be the reason that the world just burns up into a cinder and, and dusts away as if it's the final scene of Infinity War in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not going to be the reason why Greta Thunberg gets to go around saying, I told you I was right. No, nope, no, nope, not going to be me. No more MAGA Republican... It, except for the fact that this is Hillary Clinton. So let's take a breath. Let's, let's pump the brakes. Let's see if we can get back on track. Clinton, of course, was trying to negotiate the very treacherous waters between causal and coincidental because she shared a graphic that came from the Center for American Progress, which, of course, showed a series of headlines about heat waves and record high temperatures across the country, along with the caption, MAGA Republicans are pouring fuel on the climate crisis fire. Hillary then added her own thoughts as well, tweeting out, quote, hot enough for you? Thank a MAGA Republican. MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. Actually, I just added that last part. Back to her quote, though. Or better yet, vote them out of office. Woo. Now, I gotta tell you, the implication here, it's pretty obvious. Even somebody dumb enough to have voted for Hillary Clinton when she ran for president can follow what she's trying to insinuate here. She's making the effort to pretend like, oh no, the weather that has been hot recently is all because of Donald Trump supporters. Uh, of course, she's including MAGA Republicans instead of just saying Trump supporters, because we know that there are some folks that still believe with the MAGA agenda that no longer openly support Donald Trump. So, you know, it's still those same guys that might actually make the terrible, horrible, very no-good mistake of putting America first that could be to blame. So we got to look at them. Now, she says that MAGA Republicans are directly causing the Earth's temperature to rise by standing in the way of the left's increasingly intrusive demands in the name of reducing global temperatures, you know, like uh, we're not allowed to fly at all or drive cars or eat any kind of protein other than bugs. While, of course, they're flying about in private jets eating filet mignon because they're the specials. Oh, except we're not supposed to know they're doing that. We're supposed to think they're acting just like us. Now, there were critics that quickly began to mock Hillary 
Some of them noting that use exactly how useless it was, particularly convenient for Democrats, most insisted that climate and weather are not the same. Now, it is very annoying, and this is not something I'm saying to you guys that you haven't already thought of. I've pointed this out before. Lots of other people have been pointing this out by now as well, but it is strangely convenient when a Democrat decides what is and isn't weather. It's just that simple. You have to be aware of exactly what it is they're trying to say in the moment. And what they're trying to say in the moment is, if it's hot outside, that's climate change. But if it gets cold outside, well, that's just weather. But hey, it's not really a matter of convenience when a Democrat does it. It's just them reminding us of the natural order of things. They're so much smarter than we are, after all. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so... According to Hillary, MAGA Republicans are powerful enough to control the seasons. At least that would be part of the insinuation, right? I mean, we're not just making it summer, because we know that there's not a natural order to that, but we're making it very summer, almost like mega MAGA summer. That, that's that's it. I'm sure Joe Biden will be happy to get that out on the airwaves, too. <laughs> Probably his next campaign ad. Oh, All right. So at any rate, it's kind of funny because it's very transparent. If the left was serious about confronting the various causes of climate change, uh, the man-caused parts of it anyway, then I would think they'd be tougher on China. You know, instead of holding them up as the model of everything they'd like to do, they might say, hey, guys, maybe you want to cut back on how much coal you're burning and how much of these fossil fuels and how much that you're using to to prop up your currently flailing economy, uh, maybe, maybe, while we're also calling you out for all the slave labor uh, of the Muslim population that we seem to love so much in our own country, maybe when you're taking care of that, we'll, we'll tell you to cut out all that global warming business too, but... Alas, it's not rhinos, it's not Democrats, it's not the Chinese, it's only the MAGA Republicans. <laughs> All right, uh, that's not even a primary topic today. I just, I can't help but but talk about it just a little bit. It's It's worth mentioning because it does run that gamut somewhere between funny and not so funny. All right, before we get to the next actual topic, let me remind you about our friends over at Four Patriots. Uh, These guys are doing everything they can to help make sure that you're prepared for 
when things go sideways in life. You know, we have to be prepared. You never know for sure exactly when some MAGA Republican is going to show up and create global warming even more than what we're already doing, evidently. But uh, what happens when it gets so hot and you run the AC so long that you cripple the power grid? You know, because the MAGA Republicans are also keeping the Biden administration from spending all the money for the infrastructure to make sure that we have brand new electric infrastructure and and we're good, right? Because that's not really part of the plan either. See, here's here's the thing when it comes to four patriots. They've got a lot of great things going on. But some of the things they offer up literally can save lives. I say that because we have seen instances where having emergency backup electricity would have made the difference in life or death for people that depend on medical devices. Uh, when the power gets turned off because the power grid is aging, when you have uncontrollable blackouts, you need to be prepared. And then... Let's take a look at the folks who think they are prepared, who have gas-powered generators, who maybe thought they were doing the right thing but didn't really know how to set it up. We have somewhere between 18 to 33 people a year over the course of the last decade that have died as a result of carbon monoxide poisoning because of gas-powered generators. Four Patriots has multiple solar-powered solutions to that problem. Now, they're obviously not going to give you the same umph that the gas-powered generators will. But they do solve a lot of problems, especially if the reason the power grid goes down happens to be a long-term event. Because when the power's off for a while, then people get kind of, well, we'll say unruly. The last thing you might want to do is draw attention that large gas-powered generators do because they make a lot of noise. The other thing you may not want to do is to try to store up enough fuel to operate your gas-powered generator long-term. And if you're not storing up a bunch of it, if you can't go replace the fuel, then how do you keep it going? Seems like solar is a pretty good option in this case. We're not talking about gigantic solar fields. We're talking about generators and battery packs that literally do nothing but collect solar energy quietly and allow you to continue to recharge and keep the most essential aspects of your home going. I think that's pretty important as we are in the midst of a rather hot summer and we have Democrats currently in control of a lot of things in a lot of places. Being prepared is a good idea. So, again, don't want to scare you. Don't want to try and engage in fear tactics. I just want you to maybe think about what are all the things you could do to be better prepared and then go visit our friends over at Four Patriots to see for yourself how they can help. 
you can do that by going to 4patriots.com. Once you're there, just peruse, see everything they've got going, especially when it comes to emergency survival food kits and backup electricity. Those are the two primary things. But they got a lot of other stuff, too. So just go take a peek. And then, if you decide you're going to place an order, and I really hope that you will take the steps that you need to do, if not this time, the next time you visit, be sure to use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, to save yourself 10% at your checkout. In the age of Bidenomics, who can't save a little money? Who can't? Who can actually afford not to save a little money? Now that I try to rephrase that as we go. All right. So, obviously, the big news today is the Hunter Biden plea deal implosion. So, I have a feeling that's probably going to be the big story for maybe the rest of the week. Now, some folks are going to try to distract you with the story about the UFO hearings, and some people are going to cover it uh, fancifully. Some of them are going to cover it pretty seriously. But at the end of the day, that is still just a distraction. There may be some merit to it. You know, that's, that's not the argument here. There's a reason why it gets scheduled now. There's a reason why things happen the way they do. And right now, anything at all to pull your attention away from what should be the primary topic of discussion, Joe Biden and the Biden crime family and the intricacies of how the crime family's inner workings proceeded. Why it's become so dangerous. So, let's stay focused, at least for this next segment, on the Biden crime family, in this particular case, Joe Biden, because, not Joe, but Hunter Biden. Because the way this plea deal fell apart is indicative of some fancy lawyering that was an effort to go beyond the normal sweetheart plea deal that we've come to expect from politically corrupt politicians and their lackeys that they have placed in certain institutions that are no longer trustworthy. No, no, they went fancy. They went real special with this. It fell apart because they intentionally put in language that made two different events intertwine. And they put in language that would have not allowed the judge to sign off on one part without the rest of it automatically being the case. The Biden defense team had put in language that could be easily interpreted as Hunter Biden was getting immunity for everything that might possibly come about from any of the accusations that had been made against him moving forward in perpetuity, meaning no new level of new information could change the outcome that immunity was given. And they were real smart in how they divided it up because the part of the hearing that was designed for today, that day, that the judge was looking at, it had a lot to do with the diversion. Well, we're going to we're going to ignore the gun charges because of diversion, but but that's just it. We're supposed to be looking at the tax evasion. 
Now, the tax evasion deal, this is felony tax evasion. This is millions of dollars of unpaid taxes. And we've had whistleblowers come forward and explain on multiple occasions of exactly how how hard the Justice Department worked to cover for Hunter Biden. Obviously, at the behest of Joe. Some of this had transpired before the Biden administration even came into office. Some of this has been an ongoing thing for a long time. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens next. But the fact that this little plea deal probably would have went off without a hitch if it had not been for the amicus brief that was filed from the House Republicans. You see, they had the testimony of the whistleblowers. They had all of this information, which they feel like shows at the very least another level of inquiry. And so they filed the amicus brief, and they did this on the day before the hearing. They did this on Tuesday when, well, they had sent the amicus brief previous to that. But on Tuesday in the afternoon, Folks for the Hunter Biden defense called up pretending to be working for the, the law offices uh, that were involved with filing said amicus brief and had it removed. And then the other folks were notified and they're like, oh, no, this is a mistake. We did not do that. Well, you'll have to refile because it's already been pulled. They were hoping, they being the Hunter defense folks, were hoping that it would be too late to refile by the time they found out what was going on. And they had hoped they then could just deny the whole thing, which, of course, they're denying the whole thing anyway, but claim that it was a failure on the part of the House Republicans. And it just goes to show that a Trump-appointed judge sitting there sees this and has to say, fine, we'll go along with it because of the lack of the amicus brief. Well, like it or not, the amicus brief had nothing to do with how this actually played out. It just made the judge angry when the judge found out that this little shenanigan had happened. So she took a, a closer look. And then she started realizing there is something fishy going on here where these two things are separate, but they're intertwined in a way where if I sign off on the one, I'm automatically giving them the other. But the way this will be presented to the public is, well, this was the actual deal. And in the deal, we didn't give them this. However, this free pass on everything moving forward is attached to the other piece of it. And the way the first one's written, you automatically have to just go along with the second. It's absolutely insane. Well, the judge sees this, and the judge asks number one question out the gate. Has this ever been done before? Is this even constitutional? Well, the question is whether or not it's constitutional wasn't answered. But have I ever seen this before? Has this ever been done before? The answer from both the prosecution and the defense team for Hunter Biden was no. No, this has never been done before. Clearly showing that there's an issue. 
creating a new precedent, going into uncharted, unbelievably, unimaginably dangerous judicial waters. After all, we've never had a case involving the child of a sitting president before, especially with such serious, serious charges. Uh, the potential for prison, the potential for possibly creating a requirement to impeach the currently setting president, because it's been made pretty clear at this point, Joe has been involved with Hunter Biden's meetings. The $5 million bribe is pretty much a proven at this point. There's, there's little question about it. Uh, what little bit of questioning that remains is on legalese, and it's all efforts at stretching some level of crudility here. It's absolutely impossible for a person that looks at this with fair eyes. You don't have to lean in the direction that I do politically to look at this and say, well, there's something to that. The timeline's been laid out by now. You probably, if you're a regular listener of the show, you've probably seen multiple people laying out the timelines and conclusive uh, one coincidence after another to the point that even if you're a person that still believes in co coincidences, it becomes difficult to buy into all of these coincidences happening. It's pretty clear that Joe Biden would get on the phone whenever he was needed to help coerce Hunter Biden's victims. They're not business partners. They're not business associates. They are victims. Plain and simple. Not just Hunter's victims, they are Joe Biden's victims. Joe Biden is criminally involved with this. The language from the White House when questions are asked about the ongoing investigation into Hunter Biden has changed drastically from no knowledge, no knowledge to never been in business with. Very, very lawyerly change in language. Because the evidence is there now. Real evidence. Actual evidence. Uh, never mind what Whoopi Goldberg says on The View. Never mind what uh, CNN propagandists have to say. This is actual evidence. This is the one thing that they were never able to get against Donald Trump, despite their efforts to still try and propagate Every lie they've ever thought of, oh, he's racist, oh, he's colluding with Russia, oh, him and Vladimir Putin's are buddies. All of this ridiculousness that they pushed for years and years and years and years again, that's still supposed to be true. We're still supposed to believe every bit of that because they keep telling us to. But then we're also supposed to believe that, oh, well, all this Hunter and Joe Biden business is really just an effort to punish Joe Biden for winning the election because he beat us. He didn't beat us. He didn't win the election either, but, you know, we're not supposed to say that. We're, we're supposed to be following and, and following line. And, uh, 
we're just not supposed to question anything, despite the fact that we can see for ourselves the two-tiered justice system working out. And it, it's not black against white. It's not racist-based at all. It's not even rich uh, versus poor. It is Democrat versus everyone else. You don't have to be a Republican to be a victim of the judicial system that they have created. You just have to be a Democrat and wealthy enough to be an important contributor, a, a major donor, or at least be able to afford to buy a piece or two of Hunter Biden's so-called art, of which I've got a, a multitude of kindergartners that are finger-painting on a regular basis that can produce better art if you're interested in acquiring some, and I can get it to you at a bargain price in comparison. Money laundering in what it used to be, right? Alright, so anyway, uh, all of this stuff falls apart, right? Because they're in court, and then they get to the topic, because the judge needs clarification. Does this particular section say that Hunter Biden has immunity on everything moving forward, is there still an investigation ongoing in regards to his violation of being an unregistered foreign agent? And, of course, the prosecution now painted into a quarter. And, and believe, believe that this line of questioning came about because the judge got angry over what had happened the day before. The judge looked even closer at it, and then the judge realized that this has been written in a way that could be interpreted a lot of different ways. But the prosecution is under a lot of pressure right now because the public is now watching this case. The public is concerned, and the appearance of impropriety is now suddenly important in this measure. And it's all on top of that that there's a lot of Democrats that are still looking for an excuse to throw good old Uncle Joe uh, off the side of the uh, the boat here. I'd be more than happy for this to take Joe Biden down as long as they can protect everyone else. And there are other people that need to be protected here. People that not a lot of commentators have had the nerve to call out. First and foremost, Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama. I, I pointed this out before. I know now that I'm not the only person that has been making the statement. In fact, a few other folks have been very vocal and much, much stronger about the level of involvement than what I have. I still haven't heard very many, but there's a few. Hat tip to each and every one of them. But you have Barack send Joe to deal with Ukraine. You want to pretend for a second that Barack Obama didn't know what Joe Biden was up to? You want to believe for a second he wasn't aware of the $5 million bribe? That he wasn't aware of him using the guarantee, uh, the loan guarantees? to Ukraine to get Burisma a clear path? You want to pretend like he didn't know? Then go ahead, but you would be pretending because there's no way Barack Obama wasn't aware of that. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that uh, he said, all right, whatever, you, you go do that, you do your thing, uh, whatever, just uh, 
you know, number one, remember that I facilitated your ability to do that while I'm technically the president. So, you know, uh, maybe just quietly send 3%. Now, I'm not saying he did it. I'm just saying that it would would not surprise me if at the end of all this, we were to dig down deep enough to find out that Barack Obama actually benefited from it, too. I mean, Barack got rich from somewhere, right? It didn't just come out of nowhere. And we know it's probably a lot to do with the same way that Joe Biden became rich. Joe Biden would not be capable of having all the things that he has right now if he was only living on the salary of a United States senator. Period. But then Barack Obama would not be as wealthy as he appears to be right now if he was living off of the salary of a U.S. senator and then president of the United States. The retirement package there not that great. Now, we know he's got deals with Netflix and deals with other media companies. And, you know, he's been in business. and He's a very smart guy now, right? But he still wouldn't be as rich as he is. Nah, 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 nah. nah. It's just not possible. Some more money came from somewhere. It would not surprise me if he didn't get a small uh, finder's fee, if you will, from the Biden crime family for letting Joe take lead on some of those things that he did. This is about protecting Barack Obama as much as it is about protecting anyone else. So watch. We know that Barack knew about Hillary's illegal home server. We know that he was aware of what Joe Biden was up to doing. Now we know these things. Can we prove them? That's a different story. The level of evidence required to make that uh, connection stick that's pretty high up there but you see if we get to the point where Hunter's mess rolls in Joe and at this point it seems very unlikely that it wouldn't not if you're running and conducting a legitimate investigation then at some point those ancillaries those enablers those people in and around Joe that also were involved in certain ways could be brought into it. This could damage something that is still important to the Democratic Party, the legacy of Barack Hussein Obama. Somehow or another, they've still convinced a good number of their people that that is important. So we'll watch, we'll see, we'll continue to the terms of the release were pretty strict. He's going to have to uh, find employment. I guess painting for a living doesn't uh, constitute hoping uh, be a nursemaid. The dad isn't going to do it. It seems interesting enough. Can't can't be involved with illicit drugs or drinking alcohol. Has to submit to drug testing. All this was terms of his release after he turns around and pleads not guilty because they couldn't hammer out a new deal. The judge was very smart. I started down that line a minute ago, but the judge was very smart, painted them into a corner and forced both sides to have to admit to what they were up to or to just blow the deal apart. 
The prosecution would have had to have admitted that they were going along with just trying to give Hunter a pass on everything. And they don't feel like they can politically afford to do that. So they deny it, and it blows up the deal. So good for the judge. Let's see if this continues or if somebody ends up buckling. We'll keep an eye out. It's going to be... Well, that's going to be a lot of great theater. But at least this is the theater we should be watching. Because this is what we should be talking about. The criminality of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and his entire family. Too much evidence there. This guy's guilty. Let's take the mid-hour break, even though it's just a little late. And let's talk about something else for a bit. Because believe it or not, there's some other stuff that might even make you a little angrier than this. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. My fellow Americans, did you know the United States government was designed to treat we the people according to the Ten Commandments? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. The U.S. founders put together the Ten Bill of Rights to compel those in government to treat we the people according to the Bible's Ten Commandments. Commandment 6 through 10 tells us that we should refrain from doing certain wrongful acts and that the commandments apply to each of us regardless of job titles. When we obey God's thou shall nots, others enjoy the right not to be murdered, sexually abused, stolen from, lied to or about, nor have what we own coveted by people wielding or supported by immense government power. God's commandments 1 through 4 enables we the people the right to acknowledge and honor God publicly in prayer and praise in civic and community events. Commandment 5 provides the right for families to be secure in our homes. When government obeys the Bill of Rights, which are its Ten Commandments, we the people enjoy the freedoms to live as God intends under the blessed protection of His commandments. Bible-believing people know the Bible doesn't change, thus we understand the Constitution based upon it must not be changed either. I'm Ron Edwards. Bye now. Being stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly 
But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. The surest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. The quickest way to become a victim of crime is to not have yours on you when you need it. If you're a gun owner like me, you have probably made this mistake. We're going along. We got a great gun. We need a new holster for it. We get a new holster. We think it's really awesome. It's going to be cool. But then when we try to wear it, guess what? So uncomfortable that we start finding excuses and reasons not to wear it. Not good. Should that horrible, terrible, very no good day arrive where you have to stand up and defend yourself, your family, or even your friends and neighbors, and you don't have your firearm on you, you're at such a terrible disadvantage that only tragedy is likely to occur. That's why Vanish Holsters is quickly becoming one of the most beloved holsters in the country. According to thousands of their customers, they are, in fact, the most comfortable holster, period. Full stop, end of that discussion. And several of those same customers will tell you that if you start using a Vanish holster, you will never stop carrying. If you are a legally carrying U.S. citizen, then this sounds like a no-brainer, right? But don't take my word for it. Go visit Vanish Holsters at vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now, important to use backslash T-A-P-P because that will automatically start a $50 discount. It activates that discount right off the bat. But you have to hurry because that $50 discount is going away at the end of July. Not a lot of time left for that. Uh, this, of course, date of the program being July 26th. It's a Wednesday. It's very, very little time remaining, less than a week. So if you have been procrastinating, if you've heard me talk about Vanish Holster before and you've just not made the move, you're running out of time. So one more time, that's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. That way you can get that $50 discount. Go do it right now. You can have your order on your way to you before the commercial break is over. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock Beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields 
and delivers some of the purest water on earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Heinstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Heinstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store You think it's cool, act a fool if you like Cuss out a cop, spit in his face Stomp on the flag and light it up Yeah, you think it's tough Try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, Just a quick mention. uh, Rumor has it that Jason Aldean is going to have to change the video gonna have to edit some of the footage out of the video now the worst part is it seems to be a third-party copyright issue meaning that one of the local fox news affiliates is upset that uh, jason aldean got his hands on the footage and is using it in there so some of the blm Footage is going to have to be removed. They're going to have to change it out with it. Now, that hasn't been confirmed as of yet. I would imagine by this time Thursday or by Friday that will be because somebody's going to make a stink of it. But uh, there is that going on out there. All right. Now, before we get into the next topic, and this one really burns me, and I hate that I've cut myself short on time to talk about it because I got two stories in the second hour, I may carry this topic over into the second hour a little bit but before i get to it i've really got to talk to you about our uh, third and final sponsor of this first hour that of course is our friends over at new path now new path uh they have 
uh, native path. Was I saying new path? Native path. They have an Antarctic Krill supplement that is phenomenal. I've been taking it. I feel so much better with my joints. And if I miss a couple of doses, now I've got to miss more than one, but if I do miss a couple of doses, get uh, uh, three days or more without it, I can feel a real difference too. Start to feel like that uh, guy who's put too many miles on on the, the old body here, especially the wheels, <laughs> my ankles and knees, back when I was playing basketball in my youth. I tell you, it, it's phenomenal. But if you're worried about your heart, your memory, or swollen, achy joints like I was, and still am, actually, this Antarctic Krill supplement could help put an end to issues with all three. It, it really does work for me. It's been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduced inflammation throughout the body, including swelling and joint pain. There's never been a better time to try it for yourself. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com, and right now you can get 58% off the Native Path Antarctic Krill. This krill oil is pure, it's effective, it's bioavailable, just means it's easily absorbed by the body, and it contains potent antioxidants that help reduce inflammation throughout the body, helps reduce swelling. So, for a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. Uh, bottle codes 30 pills, that's a month's supply if you're taking one a day. You can take up to two, it's recommended in severe cases, uh, but I've just been taking one and I've had great results. Just go to FixSwollenFeet.com. Again, I can't promise you that it will work the same for you that it is for me. You may not even have the same issue that you're worried about. But I can tell you with unqualified, no hesitation at all, that for my joint issues and the swelling that I was really needing help with, which helped me decide if I was going to try this or not in the first place, it has really worked well. I, I would come really, really close to using the word, word miracle, but it's not quite that far. Quite, but it's it's made a world of difference, and I, I really didn't realize how much of a difference until I missed a couple of days. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that was working a lot better than I was giving it credit for at the front end. So one last time, uh, give them a visit at FixSwollenFeet.com. Uh, check it out. See it for yourself. Worst case scenario, it doesn't really help very much, uh, and you're only out uh, a little bit of money. Best case scenario, it works every bit as well for you as it has been for me. Uh, I'm going to continue taking it. If they drop out as a sponsor tomorrow, it's not going to stop me from ordering more of this product. That is, it's just unbelievable how good of a job it's done for me. All right, so I'm looking at the time clock, so I'm going to give you a bit of a teaser uh, at this point rather than try to get into it at all. Talked a little too much about the Hillary story, and that put me off track with talking about the Hunter Biden thing. So uh, the whole time period for the first hour has gotten off wonky. But I saw this this morning, and I couldn't help but get... You know, a little hot. You see, Bo Berdahl, 
you know, the guy who left his post in Afghanistan, who was captured by the Taliban, who was traded for multiple Taliban leaders in a prisoner exchange that was overseen by Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama. His desertion conviction has been vacated. This, of course, was after a federal judge said that the original case could have been clouded by a conflict of interest. So, U.S. District Judge Reggie Walton, he decided he decided he was going to vacate the desertion conviction for Birdall. Uh, that happened early this, this week, but was finally making its rounds uh, late Tuesday, early Wednesday. It was vacated under Barack Hussein Alawakbar Obama. Brodal was traded for five Taliban leaders. Five who had been detained and were considered to be so dangerous that they were being held in Guantanamo Bay. As we know, they didn't send just anybody to Guantanamo. These, these deals, these deals, these trades, I, ugh, I was so angry with it at the time. And now this is, it, it just rehashes the whole thing. It stirs up all the emotions. But the reason why the honorable judge here decided to vacate the desertion charges is so technicality, so stretch for any excuse. It is tantamount to Obama issuing a freaking pardon to Chelsea Manning. Bradley wanted to be called Chelsea, you know, because all of a sudden Chelsea became Chelsea, and, and now it was an act of kindness to the LGBTQ community, evidently, and, and that somehow made it okay. This isn't much better, because this still... It reeks of Trump derangement syndrome. It reeks of any excuse to undo what the military held. Now, there's more to the story here because evidently Bo came back and was clearly suffering from mental trauma. Pretty obvious. Makes sense. It's horrific. You know, you are held captive and, and tortured by the Taliban for a while. There's still some confusion now because we were told early on that there were three people who died looking for Bo. Evidently, that's not true. Or at least the official narrative now claims that nobody died while looking for him. Although there were several people, numbering in the dozens, that were significantly injured while looking for Bo. Bo claims to not have deserted, but was making an effort to 
to get to a different location, to get to a different base so that he could report on bad things that were happening at his post. Terrible, no good uh, violations of the rules of engagement and violations of human rights activities that were not only happening, but were being encouraged by his superiors on that forward base where he was supposed to be standing guard and he decided to walk away that night. Those denials didn't come along until after an attempt to appeal the court-martial had come along, and they finally managed to get the, the Brodal court cases out of military tribunals and into civilian courts. Now, if the, if the military tribunal had done something wrong in those hearings, then I could see moving in into a civilian court, but unless you can clearly demonstrate that the military courts didn't handle things the right way, and that there was an active attempt to cover something up, that there was just a blatant violation of Beau Bradal's uh, civil liberties, there should be no reason to be able to move any of this activity into a civilian court. This shouldn't be allowed. But it doesn't matter. We've got to reset the hour right now, so we're going to do that, and I'm going to pick up right there when we restart the next hour. And I mean, well, we catch my breath, and I'm going to invite you to enjoy a little bit of Matt Fitzgibbon's music. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago a happy little cabin in the west Homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less
They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. Hi, I'm George Sinzer of Firefox News Online Productions, and you're listening to Tim Tap on Tap Into the Truth. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here as we dive headlong into hour number two. But hour number two today is not going to start kicking off a brand new story segment Nope, we're going to continue talking about the story that I had started before the end of the last hour. Why? Because it's too important to just cut short. It's way more important than the airtime it's going to get, the reporting that it's going to get. It is, in fact, just going to get ignored and iced over. There will be some. Reporting, I, I promise you that much. There, there's no doubt about that. But how much reporting is it going to get afterwards? How much are we really going to get to see? Not much. Because they want this story to quietly go away. They think that you've lost your interest in following the ongoing saga of Bo Bardal. You... United States District Judge Reggie Walton decided that Bo Bradal needed to have his desertion conviction vacated. That it needed to be washed away. Not because he didn't do it. Not because he didn't just up and walk away one day, not even weighing in as to whether or not there's any validity to Brodal's claim that he was just seeking to get to another base to report the terrible, horrible, very no-good things going on at that post. No. No, it is a continuing form of Trump derangement syndrome, because according to Judge Walton, the reason that Bo Berdahl's desertion charges must be vacated is because the military judge, Jeffrey Nance, who oversaw the initial case, Jeffrey, Judge Jeffrey, he didn't disclose the fact that he had applied to be an immigration judge under then 
President Donald Trump. Nance's presiding over Bergdahl's trial could be construed as a conflict of interest because Donald John Trump, the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, you know, the guy who did all those things because he's a very bad guy. We've been very vocally critical of Brodal. The judge said that Nance's neutrality was undermined because, quote, he might be inclined to appeal to the president's expressed interest in the plaintiff's conviction and punishment when applying for the immigration judge position. So he's accusing Judge Nance of being incapable of being impartial because he wanted to impress the new boss. He wanted to impress the new boss enough that he could be moved from being a military judge to being on the immigration judge circuit. He wanted to move up. He wanted a chance to continue upward mobility, maybe even hopefully one day moving into a position where you get on one of the top circuits. Possibly even, dare I say it, he might have been dreaming of someday being nominated and confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. What a terrible, terrible thing that might be. The military judge in this case submitted a writing sample along with his application consisting of an order in which he determined the plaintiff, that being Berdahl, the plaintiff's unlawful command influence motion, which was based on President Trump's statements and ruled against the plaintiff. Both actions that a reasonable person might view as serving the president's interest in the case. That's a quote from Judge Walton's ruling. He doesn't say that Judge Nance was unreasonable. He doesn't say that he wasn't impartial. He just says that a reasonable person from the outside might look at it and be able to say, hmm, is there the possibility that he wasn't neutral? Isn't that always a question, though? I mean, at some point you have to say, what requires recusal? Should Judge Nance have recused himself from the case, or should he have done his job? Did he do his job? I mean, Bardal was imprisoned and tortured by the Taliban for five years after he walked away from his post in 2009. Again, he makes the claim that he was going to report on poor leadership. That he was going to report on very bad, terrible, no good things that were happening at that base. After the Obama administration negotiated for one of the worst trades in history, probably only outdone by the 
Brittany Grimes trade for the Merchant of Death under the uh, under the Biden administration, but he traded five Taliban leaders from Gitmo to get Berdal back. Berdal was returned to the United States, where he was tried and pled guilty to desertion and misbehavior before the enemy. Bergdahl escaped jail time, but was made to forfeit $10,000 in pay and was dishonorably discharged. Ultimately, that's the reason they want to vacate that particular... He pled guilty in an effort to avoid jail time. Does that necessarily mean he was guilty? The way the current court system operates... No, no, it doesn't really. But it's very hard to argue. It's very, very hard to make the case that our good friend Bo didn't walk away from his post. Because he did. That part's not in question. He did commit the crime of desertion. Whatever the excuse was, he left a post when he was supposed to be standing guard. That is unacceptable behavior. And whatever happened after he was captured doesn't affect his choice to have left that post. So it should not affect the determination of the appropriate crime. The desertion did occur. No one is denying that. While campaigning for the GOP presidential nomination, Donald, John Trump, the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, did in fact call Bergdahl a dirty, rotten traitor. Trump also said that Bergdahl's sentence was not strong enough, saying that it was, quote, a complete and total disgrace to our country and to our military. Four. Of the five Taliban members that were released in exchange for Bardal, joined the Taliban's hardline government in Afghanistan after the group took over in the fall of 2021. You know, when Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. ordered the most heinous withdrawal of our military uh, in our military's history, the first step in making the world a far less safe place, a far more dangerous place. Four of those five are now in the Taliban leadership in Afghanistan. And I still come back to this one issue, this one troubling fact that nobody seems to be asking the appropriate question, and that is... Regardless of whether or not the judge was tainted by Donald Trump's statements, which is a stretch at best, did Brodal commit the crime? If you wanted to vacate the misbehavior in front of the enemy, claiming that it was a result of the torture and the, the psychological trauma and, and all the terrible horrible, no good things, that's fine. But does it change the fact 
that when he was standing the post, when he was supposed to be guarding a location, when he walked away, leaving that post not as secure as it was supposed to be, endangering the lives of other men and women in uniform because whatever reason, did that occur? The answer is yes. Did he desert his post? Yes. Is there any amount of twisting what may or may not have been at the heart or on the mind of the judge overseeing the case that changes that simple fact? No. That makes this a travesty of justice. All right, before we get to the next uh, topic, and I'm going to have to pick up the pace for the remaining two, and I think I can do it well enough, I do want to remind you once again about one of the sponsors for this hour, again, our friends at 4Patriot. If there's anything you need to help you to be more self-sufficient, you got to start by visiting our friends at 4Patriots. They've got everything that you might possibly need when life goes a little sideways. Uh, whether you need heirloom seeds, whether you need gardening equipment for a home garden or an indoor garden, uh, if you are in need of water purification, if you're in need of solar-powered uh, coolers or freezers to take with you just to go camping, They've got all that and more. So, again, just go visit our friends at 4Patriots. You do that by going to 4Patriots.com. And once you're there, if you decide to make a purchase, please don't forget to use promo code TAP. That's T-A-P-P at checkout. Save yourself 10% on your order. Again, during the age of Bidenomics, who can afford not to save money? Save yourself 10%. That's the number 4 patriots.com for patriots the number four for patriots.com promo code tap t-a-p-p at checkout do not miss your opportunity okay so next up I have a story that goes into the realm of headlines you may have missed and possibly even outrage of the week and it gets into that category because of the ridiculousness of the story. So there's this 19-year-old girl who killed her father over a missed hair appointment. Killed her father. Now, the story is a little more involved than just, oh, I'm so ragey and I killed my dad. Uh, it's a sordid story, and we'll go into some of the details here. So bear with me. So we're telling the story of Megan Amerovich, a Michigan woman who killed her father for allegedly failing to get her to a hair appointment. And as a result of failing to get Mr. Amerovich to this hair appointment, she could have faced life in prison. But there's a judge that decided to, you know, mix things up a little. So according to prosecutors, Megan Joyce Amerovich, 19 currently, of the great state of Michigan, 
was upset with her 64-year-old father, Conrad Amerovich, because he was unable to drive her to a hair salon appointment ahead of her 18th birthday party. Because he became just a little inebriated. He drunk a little too much and couldn't drive her. So, Amerovich, uh, the young lady, in a fit of rage, in anger, did something that, of course, all of us would have done. Who hasn't been here before? Decided to take some lye powder. You know, lye, the chemical that is often used to dispose of dead bodies. It speeds up the process of breaking down, creates a, a bit of an acid-like bath. Took lye powder and threw that on her father and then threw water. On her father while he was asleep. They were living northwest of Detroit at the time. This happened back in October of 2021. The girl did this and then left the room and then left the house. Her friends found the father laying on the couch in the home with catastrophic chemical burns. Catastrophic. Prosecutors indicted Megan because Megan's friends noticed what was going on, and they called her, not knowing that she was the one responsible for causing the issue at this point, presumably. Her friends called her, told her that Conrad, the father, told her about his injuries over the phone. But then evidently she just kind of blew it off. She scoffed at them, and she hung up the phone. She's like, ah, whatever. And that's it. It's pretty obvious to the friends that dude needed serious medical attention, so they took him to the local hospital. Now, this was several hours after the attack had happened. Serious damage had been done by this point. It was continuing to do it because he didn't know what had happened. The friends of this young girl didn't know exactly what it was that was going on. They just knew something bad had happened. So they eventually take him to the hospital. While Conrad himself survived his daughter's initial attack, the damage was pretty extensive. He had to have both legs amputated. He had to undergo a tracheotomy. Along with several skin grafts, he suffered from various infections as a result, and he also had to deal with kidney failure. That was a direct result. After months of agony, on March 6th of 2022, the victim of this crime passed away. He succumbed to these injuries. Again, using the word catastrophic doesn't feel 
strong enough. Megan reportedly jailed following her father's death, denied throwing chemicals on him, claiming instead that she had thrown bread at him to wake him up. Because, you know, that's what we all do. Hey, wake up. Here's some bread. Bang. Oh, well, that's what wakes me up every time. Now, maybe if you had tried toasting at night, smelt the toast and be, mmm, breakfast, now I'm waking up. You threw bread? Really? Now, I don't know how much verification of that particular report's out there, but it seems a pretty lame effort and an excuse, right? <laughs> so, on June 15th, she was convicted of unlawful possession or use of harmful devices causing death, for which she could have faced life in prison. Uh, one of the many possible legal consequences of directly of taking actions that directly lead to the death of a fellow human being. And again, I'll remind you, this is her father. See, and here's where we get into outrage of the week territory. Because at this point, this is a story that maybe you've heard a little something about, so it's a headline you may have missed up to this point. I maybe should bring all those segments back to the show. But now we move into outrage of the week territory, because instead of having to worry about a life sentence, despite the fact of the unanimous verdict from the jury, guilty, 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 across the board, instead of having to worry about the life sentence, you wasn't about to get the death penalty. We're talking about Michigan. They weren't going to do this, not by any stretch. Uh, instead of an appropriate punishment, the judge in the case, one Victoria Valentine, ended up sentencing this young lady, now 19, to one year in jail with full credit for the 506 days already served, the time that she'd been held in custody waiting for trial. This was also to be filed, followed by five years of probation. Now keep in mind, the 365 days of jail already done, and she had extra time to boot, so she's getting some of that time credited to uh, removing some of the five years of probation. She walked out of court of the sentencing after being found guilty of killing her father, of carelessly taking selfish revenge because she was angry that she missed a hair appointment before her 18th birthday party. Now, if this isn't the epitome of... Entitlement? I don't know what is. Oh, I'm so angry at you because you're not going to take me to, to do the thing that I wanted. Now, the Oakland Press, local newspaper, they indicated that Megan will have to undergo a psychological exam, drug testing while she's on probation, 
and a review in court six months into her probation, as well as wear an electronic tether. So, you know, she's not off scot-free. She's just kind of being given a pass. And this is not a punishment. Now, the chief assistant prosecutor, one David Williams, told the Oakland Press, quote, This was not the sentence we advocated for. However, the judge ultimately decides what sentence will be imposed. Amerovich, the 19-year-old, speaking to Court TV, said with a smile on her face, quote, I was praying for a miracle today, and that's what I got. Got really lucky having Valentine as the judge presiding over this case. My God in heaven. After walking out of the courthouse a free person with an ankle monitor on, having to just go through probation for a little while. This killer <laughs> evidently went out for chicken nuggets and french fries. This is the celebration party after getting away with killing your father. Killed my dad in a long, painful ridiculous fashion. Kind of hate it. Feel bad for him. You suffered for a long time. You know, I I shouldn't have allowed it. Shouldn't have done it. Uh, I'm not really sorry. But I got lucky. It's just really, really awesome that now I don't have to go back to jail. Not sure what this judge was thinking. Haven't heard an explanation. Haven't been able to dig up a comment the judge made afterwards. The only comments I've been able to find on the record are the comments of the prosecutor on the case, which I told you this wasn't the sentence we were advocating. Does justice exist anymore is the real question. Hunter Biden. They do everything in the world to try to be sneaky and get him off the hook for everything he's done. This young lady takes an act that she knew was going to cause irreparable harm because she was angry. An impulse control that led to months of painful torture of health anonymy. Okay. See, I'm getting tongue-tied. I'm getting so angry. This is what happens. Instead of yelling, when my voice doesn't get really loud when I'm this angry, my tongue gets tied. Months of medical ailments and anomalies that were a direct result of the actions of this lady and all she's going to do is get time served and have to wear an ankle monitor. It's not even going to be for a full five years. Unless she does something to mess up. And, and who knows, maybe she will. Maybe she just simply won't be able to make it that long. I, I 
time will tell. This will be a story I'll be keeping an eye on. Because something tells me, when you're this young and you do something like this and you get away with it, that the lesson's not learned. Her father is dead as a result of actions she took because she missed a hair appointment. Now, people get killed in this country every day over things that may be even dumber than that. But the fact that this judge took it upon herself to say, nah, your dad was a drunk. He deserved what he got. Eh, get out of here. Go get some chicken nuggets. Just unbelievable. And because you have to question whether or not there's such a thing as justice, you need to make sure you're prepared in the event that you have to defend yourself. Because as it is often said, especially on the occasions that Ron Edwards joins the show, he will always remind us that it is always better to require the services of 12 of your peers than to require the services of six people bearing your load. Uh, you know, the base jury of defending yourself as opposed to being uh, a group of pallbearers taking you to your final uh your body's final dispose. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, with that being said, make sure you don't do what a lot of us do. If you're a legal, gun-carrying American, don't let comfort stop you from carrying. Okay, you need to be prepared. That's why you need to go visit my friends over at Vanish Holsters and see what it is they have to offer because... Again, don't take my word for it. Take the word of thousands of their customers. They claim that they're the most comfortable holster ever. And I don't think they could get thousands of customers to say that if there wasn't some truth to it. What do you think? But again, don't take my word for it. Go visit them at www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now, you really want to use the backslash T-A-P-P because that will automatically activate for you a $50 discount. You got to hurry, though, because at the end of July, that $50 discount goes away. If you've been waiting, if you've been procrastinating, if you've been thinking, okay, I'm going to go check it, you're almost out of time at this point. We're almost at the end of the month of July. Time is running out, and time is of the essence. Get yourself over to their website. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, save yourself the 50 bucks. It's during the age of Bidenomics, we all need to find a way to save, and we definitely need to make sure that we're not becoming a victim of crime when we can avoid it. All right, let's reset. We're not resetting anything. Let's take the mid-hour break. That's what we're doing. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back on the other side of this very small break. Hi, this is Rod Eccles, and you're listening to Tap Into the Truth with Tim Tapp.
as we the people once again celebrate and thank God for such a republic as the United States. I feel with the exception of physical slavery, Americans today are as bothered by brutish government tyranny as the colonists who chose independence from Great Britain. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Today's America is burdened with a government more corrupt than the monarchy of King George, whom the founding fathers elected to wrestle control over the 13 colonies away from. We recognize that the current regime and its uniparty cohorts no longer exhibit even the mere pretense of regard for the well-being of this republic, nor her nation of law's status. Has the government become so destructive as a force against our inalienable rights that it is now the right of we the people to alter or abolish it and reestablish the constitutionally limited republic and one nation under God with liberty and justice for all concept? I say it is. For those who would rather go along to get along because of the perception of comfort, history has proven that road traveled never ended well. Just saying. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. Bye now. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase. And to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. Under just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. While also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free. 
I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. We are back at it, but before I get to the next story that I want to talk to you about, I need to remind you about the product being offered by our third and final sponsor of this hour. That's right. Once again, I am talking to you about our friends over at Native Path. And for some reason, I was calling them the wrong name earlier, but we're getting it right now. Okay, so... Native Path right now has asked me to promote their Antarctic krill oil. And I got to tell you, I don't like promoting stuff that I don't know if it works or not. So before we do the full approval thing, I'm like, okay, let's get some. Let's see what's going on. And here's what I can tell you. If you're worried about your heart, your memory, your swollen, achy joints like I was, this Antarctic Krill supplement could help put an end to issues with all three. My issue was this, the swollen, achy joints. It's worked wonders for me. This supplement has been shown to support healthy blood pressure, circulation, brain health, as well as reduce inflammation, and swelling, and joint pain. It does a lot of different things for a lot of different people. There's been, never been, there has never been a better time to try it for yourself, though. You just go to FixSwollenFeet.com. You can get up to 58% off of Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil. Like I said, there's a reason why you need to try it for yourself. This stuff, it maybe it will help you with your blood pressure. Maybe it just works with your circulation. Whatever it may do, maybe it, it, like for me, will help you with inflammation and swelling because that's where it has made a world of difference for me. This krill oil is pure. It's effective. It is bioavailable. That just means it's really easy for the body to absorb it and use it. It contains potent antioxidants that help reduce inflammation and swelling throughout the entire body. This stuff works. And for a limited time, meaning don't hesitate for very long, for a limited time, you can grab Native Path Antarctic Krill Oil for as low as $23 a bottle. That's 30 pills. That's one month's supply if you're taking just the one. If you have extreme issues, though, you may want to take two a day. Uh, you know you know what you've got going on. And I would say 
if you don't think you're having uh, any effect, at least try it to a day first before you give up on it. But I'm good with one a day, and it's worked wonders. All you got to do to get that $23 a bottle uh, savings is, again, go to FixSwollenFeet.com. I still chuckle a little bit about that domain name, but it's a serious place to go. See what they have going on. Take advantage of the savings. Give it a try. Like I said, supplements and and even straight medications, they all affect everybody a little bit differently. So I can't promise you that it's going to have some super effect for you. But I can guarantee you that the effect that it's had for me is undeniable. And I feel the difference if I miss it for a few days. It is working wonders for me that's that's really all i can say with any certainty so worst case scenario you give it a legitimate try and it just doesn't do that much for you best case scenario it helps you ever bit as much as it is maybe even better but there's only one way to find out go over check it out for yourself one more time that's fixedswollenfeet.com just just go check it out for yourself all right, so I, I guess I need to start out by asking you if you've heard this story, because it's a doozy. We're talking about the story of Richard Bilkstow. He is the former principal with the Toronto District School Board. Uh, he died. Well, he didn't just die. He committed suicide. Evidently, this act of suicide, it came after he'd been subjected to racist bullying. Now, I'm pausing intentionally here because the story is that he was the principal. And he was bullied to the point of committing suicide. But the real kick in the pants is who was doing the bullying because he was being bullied by the diversity, equity, and inclusion consultants that had been hired by the school district. Yeah, I I would love to be able to just make up stories like this, but no, this one's legit. The former educator's untimely passing uh, being very diplomatic. Ordinarily, I'm not that diplomatic for suicides because Suicide's very selfish, first and foremost. And more times than not, it's a sign of weakness and a character flaw. But as much as I don't think particularly highly of people that actually commit suicide, I'm trying to be a little diplomatic here because of the nature of the whole story. So we'll say untimely passing. It was first announced by his attorney, Lisa Bidley, uh, saying, quote, with sorrow, it is announced. You can tell an attorney that's uh, <laughs> not used to, to being, well, I guess the word would be diplomatic as well. Not used to being uh, concerned about the feelings of others. It's with sorrow that it is announced that Richard Biltstow 
passed away suddenly on July 13, 2023, at his home in Toronto. He was 60 years of age. He leaves behind his distraught mother, brother, nephews, niece, and many dear family and friends whose lives he touched over the years. Now, this would be bad enough, but, you know, definitely trying to whitewash the fact that this was a suicide. Passed away suddenly at his home, leaving behind his mother, brother, and nephews. Anyway, continuing, sadly, Richard experienced an affront to his stellar reputation in the spring of 2021, causing him severe mental distress. Okay, so now trying to breach the fact, trying to broach the fact that this was in fact a suicide because he'd had such a stellar reputation being an educator and then an administrator in education uh, and that he suffered this affront to his reputation. Now, this lawyer's letter, of course, references an incident that occurred during an April 2021 DEI training seminar mandated by the Toronto School District, uh, the largest and most influential school district in Canada. And this seminar was led by anti-oppression consultants from the Kajo Institute, K-O-J-O. Kajo, Kojo? I get Anyway, during the session, this former principal, a gay man and former Liberal Party organizer, so in other words, an ally, someone on the left, of the left, part of the LGBTQ community, in fact, part of the first two letters, the leaders of the LGBTQ. He was the G, man. He was the G. During the session, he challenged arguments made by the group's founder, the, uh, <clears throat> the Kojo Institute founder, that Canada was quote, a bastion of white supremacy and colonialism. He took exception to that. He, he didn't feel, he looks around his country and he says, there may have been some founding uh, involving colonialism, but, but white supremacy now, it's a bastion of white supremacy. He didn't agree with it, so he challenged on that front. The response to that challenge from uh, this uh, Kike Ojo-Thompson, the founder, who made the accusation that Canada's a bastion of white supremacy, said that, quote, at least they, meaning the United States, had a fighting posture against the monarchy. Here, still talking about Canada, we celebrate the monarchy, the very heart and soul and origins of colonial structure. Now, the principal 
who had taught in Buffalo, New York for a time and understood Canada's vastly different history with slavery challenged Thompson's argument, which invited a scathing retort. Uh, <clears throat> quoting here, We are here to talk about anti-black racism, but you, in your whiteness, think that you can tell me what's really going on for black people? That certainly feels like a very professional uh, exchange, right? Another facilitator that happened to be there jumped in to kind of tag team against the former principal, now no longer with us, saying, quote, if you want to be an apologist for the U.S. or Canada, this is really not the forum for that. And then Thompson later added, quote, your job in this work as white people is to believe, and then reflected on the episode, calling it a, quote, profound and appropriate teachable moment. Trying to embarrass the principal in front of the whole school. Trying to claim that the principal is actually being a white supremacist apologist, that he is in fact trying to ignore the horrors and grievous actions that both Canada and the United States was built upon, because that's what the 1619 Project believers buy into. We're black, so you owe me, is what it translates to, but they don't seem to understand that being black doesn't entitle you to much of anything not entitled. You can go earn stuff for yourself, and guess what? In the very, very not racist majority of the United States, and I have some friends in Canada, so I tend to believe that that statement is also true of Canada, the very, very majority not racist Canada, you can earn all kinds of things. But you're not just entitled to them because of your skin color. You have not personally been victimized by any of the things you claim to be victimized. <clears throat> and in this particular case, you are the aggressor. You are the oppressor. You are the abuser. Clearly a very sensitive man. You bullied him, trying to make a point, trying to score points in front of the eyes of children trying to brainwash those children with the indoctrination that, ooh, oppressors are oppressed. That's all that exists. And now you have to come to school every day knowing that your principal is an oppressor. Oh, worse than that, not just because of his white skin color, but because he's now a white supremacist apologist. This was such a teachable moment. So after the meeting, a prominent superintendent of the Toronto District School Board, Cheryl Robinson, uh, well, Robinson Petzazzini, I think. Mm. Sorry, Cheryl, not trying to butcher your last name. 
Anyway, Cheryl commended the Kojo Institute on Twitter for overcoming the resistance that they encountered from the principal and for modeling the discomfort administrators may need to experience in order to disrupt ABR, uh, which is the online abbreviation now for anti-black racism, evidently. Petrozini, which I think is the right pronunciation for the superintendent's last name, the thinly veiled reference to the principal was only removed from Twitter after his legal team threatened a lawsuit. thing about Cheryl, she now holds the senior-most position within Hamilton's public school district. In a subsequent session, Thompson repeatedly singled out the former principal's comments as proof of resistance. The incident led him to go on sick leave. Clearly emotionally distraught. Clearly being bullied. Clearly being cyberbullied at this point, not just by the individuals that tried to embarrass him in front of his school, but also by a superintendent of the school system who has now been promoted in a different school system. Quoting here again, No one knows for sure what went through Richard's mind in the hours and days before he took his own life. This, of course, is Michael Tepper, a former colleague, speaking to the National Review. But it is clear that he received a public verbal thrashing at the hands of the Kojo Institute that he did not deserve. Top management at the Toronto District School Board, according to Richard, didn't care. When diversity training leads to a high school principal with 24 years experience shamed to the point that they see no alternative to suicide, the diversity training is being done wrong. Well, no duh. Beltsko later sued the Toronto District School Board for harassment and demanded an investigation into Thompson's conduct, which the board refused. However, the Workplace Safety and Insurance Board and Ontario Insurance Collective, ultimately ruled in the former principal's favor. Quote, based on the information on file, one of the Workplace Safety and Insurance Board case managers wrote, back to quoting, I am satisfied that the conduct of the speaker on April 26, 2021, and May 3, 2021, was abusive, egregious, and Vexinous and rises to the level of workplace harassment and bullying. The evidence demonstrates that the speaker purposefully 
chose to address you publicly twice on April 26th of 2021 and again on May 3rd of 2021, calling you a white supremacist and a resistor in front of 200 colleagues and senior administrators. Documents shared with the National Review also revealed the the statement continued by saying this conduct took place for over an hour and nothing that the speaker had sufficient opportunity to address you privately between April 26th of 2021 and May 3rd of 2021. It would suggest that the speaker did so with the intent to cause reputational damage and to make an example of you. You were also referred to as a problem that had to be dealt with. See, I I run into issue here. I don't think that reputational damage was the idea, although these folks certainly believe in the full power of cancel culture. There's no question there. I think it just kind of fell into their lap that, okay, we made one white guy so uncomfortable that they actually spoke up. They pushed back, so we have to push back harder. Can't let anybody poke a hole in the narrative. And then once we start, we have to keep it up. Rules for radicals, we're going to demonize our adversary. And as soon as you spoke up, you became the adversary. Anyway, back to quoting. Unfortunately, the stress and effects of these incidents continue to plague Richard. Last week, he succumbed to this distress. His family and friends have been left reeling and wishing they could have had the chance to convince him that he was loved, respected, and needed here. May he rest in peace. Now, the National Review did request a comment from the Toronto District School Board, and they didn't respond. It's not important, you see. They're not answerable for when diversity training goes wrong. They're not answerable when the left bully someone to the point of suicide. Uh, That's not something that anyone on the left is capable of, right? Besides... And so he was gay, but he was still white. He was a white male. He got what he deserved, right? <clears throat> well, we can't say that, so uh, no comment is going to be the response. The National Review, well, I'm sorry, the National Post, different organization, Uh, the outlet that first broke the story of the suicide, they were told by the Kojo Institute, K-O-J-O, quote, we recently learned of the passing of Mr. Richard Bilkstow. We offer our condolences to his loved ones and colleagues during this difficult time. Nope, that's it. That's why I stopped. That, that's all they said. Not, we're sorry that one of our speakers, the founder of our organization, may have actually bullied this poor 
gay man to the point that he felt like you had ruined his career, lost the respect of all of his freaking co-workers, lost the respect of his subordinates, lost the respect of any student that was going to hear about this and clearly it was going to be heard about because the bullying went to Twitter. <clears throat> now, Kojo, the wonderful institute of diversity training that seems to think that diversity doesn't include uh, gay people if they're white, they count among their client lists the uh, CBC, the University of Toronto, Vice News in Canada, the CDC, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, TD Bank, H&M, numerous Ontario public school boards. They are the face of diversity, equity, and inclusion for a majority of Canada. There were screenshots that were shared by a former educator that reveal slides that were used by the Kojo Institute, which included acknowledging that, quote, our system is racist, anti-black, and colonial, and affirming the experience of radicalized indigenous and black people are to be believed and acted upon. You know, regardless of if there's any truth to it or not. This former president who committed suicide has colleagues that remember his work and advocacy fondly. Having taught in a high school for a few years before being subjected to a suspension and multiple investigations for having in convenient political opinions <clears throat> the story bothers me I, I, I've got to stop there the story bothers me for reasons that go beyond the norm now uh, we're in overtime now since this isn't one of the hardcore, hard-press shows, then just bear with me. The story bothers me not because of the suicide, but because there's been no level of accountability. We, we're starting to see buyer's remorse in corporate America for all of the emphasis on the diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's an investment that's not paying any dividends, and it's a waste of time. And now, with all of the pushback that the American public is finally getting the attention of corporate America, I can only hope the Canadians will do the same thing. Now, the laws are different in Canada, and they're going to be hard-pressed to be able to stand for them, but you've got to start doing it, guys. You can't let these people win. They're, they're taking falsehoods 
They're taking the parts that are true about the history, the dark chapters about the history, and they're twisting it to the point as if there's never been a change since that moment, as if we've not moved down the road, as if we've not gotten better than what we were then. And they use that as a hammer to bludgeon anyone that gets in their way so they can make money. That's all this is about. They're making money and they're trying to create squish brain children because they know by controlling the educators and the administrators of education, then they can control what's being taught to the children. This is heinous. It's horrific. And it is these people doing the very things that they claim to be fighting against. And completely disregarding the intersectionality coalition, which I told you was going to fall apart anyway. I've talked about it. I've written about it. The intersectionality coalition is doomed from the beginning because all these different groups that they've cobbled together, they have different interests. They're not going to be able to stand together. Not long-term, not in a meaningful way. But this is one of theirs. Now, we, we talk about Frequently, too, on this show, and you've heard other conservative commentators talk about how the left eat their own. But this is a case where they didn't just eat their own. They literally led to the death of a man who wasn't emotionally equipped to handle this because he had worked his entire life for the respect and admiration of those of his colleagues in the system. And because he had the gall, the nerve, the thing that if he was talking to a conservative would have been embraced, he pushed back. He stood up for something he knew to be a historical fact. He questioned the fact, questioned the fact the way every citizen of a Western country should. He questioned the narrative. And then instead of once being challenged, they offered up evidence, they just shout you down and claim you don't understand because you're white. You don't get to question us because you're white. Believe our experience because you're white and we're not. How dare you as a white person challenge my reality as a person of color? Well, I dare to challenge it because in this case you're telling a story that's just not true. You're speaking a false narrative. And your decision to take the route of bullying this man pushed him beyond a point where he could just um, couldn't find any reasons, any rationale to continue on. Again, I I can't respect suicide. I don't. But I can still put myself in a position where what does it have to be in order to to drive you so hard, so far down that road that that starts to look like a reasonable option? What good was served in this instance? Did it advance any person of color's life? No. From every account, and take it for what it's worth, thoughts about public school system aside, 
this man was pretty good at being a principal. So, both white and people of color students lost out on a opportunity because he dared to challenge the false narrative. It bugs me because this story has been swept under the rug. People are trying not to talk about it. People are completely wanting to ignore the fact. They're completely trying to ignore the fact that Richard Bilkstow was a man who died because he couldn't stand up to the cancel culture once it was in full effect. Because he couldn't stand up to the fact that people within his circle of colleagues, that a superintendent in the school system in which he was a principal, took the side of the DEI lecturer, consultant, who bullied and then cyberbullied this guy, who, who then committed an act of cyberbullying herself and, and still didn't remove it didn't remove the tweet until after the threat of a lawsuit. Just so much wrong here. Come on, guys. We've got to do better than this. We can't let this continue. We just can't. Alright, I'm going to have to leave things there. Ladies and gentlemen, please remember... Whatever else you take from tonight's information, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and sometimes just the effort to track down these stories and verify for yourself and see how these people, how these people are a threat to the actual safety of everyone. Put in some efforts. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Join me again for the upcoming Friday live show. We've got a great slate of guests scheduled. Hope you will not miss it. I'm out. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
powerless if the good are unafraid 